0: Hey everyone, Brian Bogner along with the most amazing Greg Towner here in this beautiful month of October. It's time for our 20 minute market breakdown. This is where we're going to take the next 20 minutes, talk to you about the financial markets, economy, investing, and just break some things down for you. Now, this is my favorite time of the year. It is the fall. I think it's a lot of people's favorite time of the year. You know, the, The leaves change, the air gets crisp, there's football, there's just a lot of a lot of neat things happening. How's your fall going, Greg? Yeah,
1: I agree with all that except, you know, most of us uh, also like the all the pumpkin foods this time of year. I know you're not really on that board, so uh, you're not participating, but but I I am.
0: All right, yes, pumpkin flavors come out. It's not my favorite, <laughs> but this is my favorite time of the year. Uh speaking of pumpkin colors, got to love your Browns, huh? Cleveland Browns yeah. actually uh, winning, great defense. Uh there's some life coming in there, maybe, yeah, interesting to yeah, see. Yeah. Huh? yeah,
1: as a Browns fan, we always know to be a little skeptical, but we'll, we'll take it while we can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, of course, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, a lot of negativity, uh, for sure, uh, especially geopolitically. Uh, of course, you know, we've been following the Russia-Ukraine situation, the China-Taiwan situation, and now the situation in the Middle East. Um, So've got, we've got a lot of that going on there. Of course, there's inflation, uh, where's, where interest rates gonna go from here, um, you know, government debt spiraling up more and more there, the issues we have in Congress, uh, what the Fed's doing, things like that. So um, in this bleak time, Greg, with all of this negativity going on right now, where do we start with this?
1: Yeah, I mean that that's that's a long list and we probably could have kept going for a while longer, yeah. right? Yeah. But I mean the way I look at it is obviously, you know, we're not the only ones that are looking at all those headlines on those topics all the time. Everybody's looking at them, analyzing them from every different angle. But if we're all doing that, then obviously the market is already well aware of all of that and has probably factored most, if not all of those things into market prices. Now that's not to say things can't change or items can't get worse. You know, we could, you know, have some other conflict or what have you, but the market does a pretty good job of factoring a lot of this in and looking forward. Right. And I think you're starting to see that or you've been seeing that when you look at investor sentiment. You know, we look at the behavioral side of things, the sentiment of things. As a contrarian perspective, mm-hmm. so as we you know, and we look at it in different ways. So, for example, we've been looking at you know, not to get too technical, but we've been looking at some option um, put call data that shows a lot of people have been quite negative lately. We know there's a lot of surveys out there that show that people are negative on them on financial markets. Right. A lot of people put a lot of money into cash, you know, money markets, and that over the last year, understandably with the rates, but still hiding in cash. And then this was interesting recently, Brian. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal this past week. That talked about the decrease in trading activity. You know, we saw during the pandemic. You know, a lot of people started trading actively again. All the speculation. And they're talking about how that's really died down, both in in trading activity, and then they just had a bunch of stories as well. So, I think you know, for the two of us, that started our career uh, kind of on an active trading team
0: mm-hmm. and helping
1: people, I think we think it's better if people are not actively trading and blowing up their accounts with you right. know zero date options and that sort of thing. But
0: well, because normally they're actively trading on news, which, yeah. you know, just like well, basically what we've been talking about, nine times out of 10, the news is already factored in. Yeah. And they're trading basically on on their emotions or on how they feel or on, you know, yeah. uh, what they're seeing there. So absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we sometimes take a step back and we think about, okay, what might be a bigger surprise? You know, if you look at the kind of two extreme outcomes, What's going to surprise most people? Because that's what the market tends to do, right? Right. So if the market kept moving up, you know, whether it be gradually or quickly, I think that was probably be fairly surprising to a lot of people. Mm. But if the market rolled over and, you know, went down 5%, 10%, even rolled back down to last year's lows, I think a lot of people would look at all those concerns that we talked about and say oh well of course you know (laughs) obviously the market was gonna roll over and all this negative things impacted it and it might i mean we can't rule that out but to us i think the bigger surprise to more people would be if the market kind of shook off all those negative headlines right and kept moving higher
0: and that's you know and that's typically what the market likes to do i mean i i know we can we we personify the market a lot but it is, in a sense, an embodiment of right a bunch of people coming together and buying and selling and whatnot, is that it likes to surprise people. And um, so definitely the bigger surprise would be higher, no doubt. Uh, I mean, we've certainly had enough conversations. Everybody thinks the market's going to go down. Um, but I think it's important to remember that, OK, if the market goes down, then let's let's just take a second. And what does that actually look like? OK, because at this point, companies are still making money. They're still, you know, they're still, they're still making money and consumers are still spending money. We still see it out and about. Okay. So if, you know, and and we're entering a big earnings season right now. So we're going to see a lot of companies reporting on their earnings and things like that. And, and again, it's when you look at when a company comes and report earnings, the thing you have to remember is, you know, sometimes they can report a big miss or a big overshoot or undershoot, whatever. They, they can do that. But a lot of that's kind of baked in. It's really what the statements are kind of going forward, what they expect to happen. I think is really what a lot of people tend to look at. And that's one of the reasons why you'll have a company beat earnings and then the stock's down or vice versa. You have a company miss earnings, but the stock will be up. Um, but if we if we were to see an earnings recession, then that just means these companies make less than what they were making before. It's not the end of the world. It's not like those employees now are packing up and going home and they're shutting the doors and, and they're closing down. Granted, there's a lot of headwinds and there's a lot of things that companies right now are having to deal with. Look, some companies like automakers right now are dealing with strikes and things like that. There, are, There's certainly a lot of headwinds and we could see earnings maybe pull back a little bit. But does that mean you sell stocks and, and move to something else? Absolutely not. This is a normal part of what happens The economy, but one thing I do want to point out, and for me, it's that silver lining, um, out there. But we like to say a lot the smart money is fixed income, and the dumb money are stocks. I know that sounds crazy, but just hear me out. Typically, who owns big portfolios of fixed income and, and credit are big institutions like insurance companies, pensions, and things like that, and so. These these are massive, massive institutions that own this stuff. Okay. And 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 the credit market dwarfs the stock market in terms of dollar amounts anyway. Well, what we like to look at is, you know, if a treasury is kind of like that that safe bet, and we can make an argument that it isn't, but let's say it's a safe bet, and then right, and then you have different companies that you build off that, right? So in other words, I could own a treasury or I could own a stock from a very risky company. Well, that stock from the risky company is gonna be a much higher yield right, than, than the treasury. so we call those credit spreads. And we track whether credit spreads are widening or whether they are contracting, okay? And right now, if you just look at corporates, regular corporate bonds, okay? Investment grade corporate bonds compared to treasuries, spreads are actually slightly declining right now. So in other words, there's a lot of smart money out there. They're not selling corporate bonds and throwing that money into treasuries because they're so worried about what might happen. Now, if you go to high yield debt, it's slightly has ticked up just a hair of the spreads have. And, and actually we're still way lower than where we were in 2022, just a year ago, a little over a year ago. So it's not like the credit markets are screaming at us like, Hey, there's a problem here. Oh my gosh, all this negative news. People are selling credit. We are just not seeing it. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as we put all of that together, we kind of still remain, I know we've been saying this for, gosh, well over a year now. Right. Our base case remains kind of in this wide trading range for stocks. And that's just, you know, the market needs to digest a lot of this good and bad for, you know, who knows how long. It's already been well over a year in this sideways range. Sometimes volatility within it but right. we think that's that's fine if the market keeps digesting this it allows investors frankly to right. keep accumulating more shares for when markets do eventually move higher whenever that is so right. we don't think trading in a sideways range is a negative thing um and we think it's it's probably what the market keeps do- doing for a time being
0: and the reality is look we've been saying this as well Like we're we're in a changing financial environment right now right yeah. we're in a changing world right we've gone from a period of right. The low, low rates for so long and all these other things to We're in a different universe now. Okay. And that change just doesn't happen on a dime. It's taking some time to work through. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you listed all those potential negatives at the top of the show here, I mean, nearly all of them in some way, shape or form, you could bring back to interest rates, you know, whether it's the fed, the government debt, inflation, et cetera, at the end of the day, interest rates are intertwined with all of those, and we've seen for you know that the whole part of our careers interest rates declining up until here in the last year plus, and so this this really changes the environment in a lot of ways. Some for the better, some for the worse, depending on your perspective, right? I mean, re- retirees well, yeah. for you know the last x number of years, like oh, I can't get anything in savings, what have you. Now you can get great, you know, yield in savings. So. Exactly. Changing a lot of things for better and worse uh, as so we look at the bigger picture.
0: So let's just take a few minutes and say, okay, because things are changing, what does that what does that mean? Like what what are some things now that we need to be looking at? What are some things that we need to be aware of and considering here in this in this in this new world we're in?
1: Yeah. I mean, so let's think about what were the things that were working or how were things managed? You know, I know both of us come from some, some big bank, big shop backgrounds earlier in our career. And, you know, that was where most clients were just in a handful of kind of cookie cutter, broad asset allocation accounts, everything indexed, you know, index funds, because, you know, that just worked. It went up, you know, you could kind of own all that and it worked fine. Everybody being the same thing. But you know, a lot of that was because of the low interest rate environment. Right. So in our opinion, you know, and, and then you could talk about like this, the traditional 60-40 portfolio, 60% right. stocks, okay. 40% bonds. I mean, it's kind of the standard, you know, so-called bulletproof portfolio, right? Right. Well, last year, 2022, that had the worst year ever for that right. portfolio because you know, both the bonds and the stocks did poorly.
0: And so, you know, and I think, yeah. and look, we, you know, we're we're when we, when we started Parallel, and again, I'm I'm going to speak about our firm, obviously I'm, I'm biased for sure, but we decided we weren't going to be one of these like style box cookie cutter asset managers. And we weren't just going to put people in, oh, oh, you're a moderately aggressive or you're kind of conservative within, well, you're a 60-40, you're a 50-50, you're a 70-30, you're this and that. I mean- you know, you're basically telling folks like, "Well, you're going to be put in this box, and then all of a sudden, you're stuck around that." You know, and we've never, ever done that. But the reality is, there's a lot of firms out there, there's a lot of advisors out there that did it, threw them in indexes, threw them in their, uh, you know, their mix, their bulletproof mix, and got their heads handed to them last year. And look, the reality is, everybody, for the most part, lost money last year. It's not like it's not like somebody came out and said, hey, yeah, I made a lot of money in 2022, or whatever. Um, most people did. But, you know, it, it, it I think really comes down to well, how much, right? Or how much was that yeah. loss? Or what really was there? And, and were you truly diversified? I know at Parallel, we looked at other, we've got other asset classes and other strategies that provide uh, diversification to equities when things are tough. We're not, it's not necessarily bonds, you know, where most firms, it's either bonds, or it's stocks, right? It's one or the other. So you want to make sure your advisor can talk to you and tell you exactly how they managed around that and how they plan to manage around that going forward. And I'll be honest with you right now, like we've been talking about with interest rates, you know, bonds are actually starting to look good again. And, and they're looking good in a way that we're starting to have real conversations about fixed income. Um, you know, I know interest rates are still moving a little bit higher, but there, it, there are some Things that actually make sense. And we haven't been able to say that for a very long time, have we?
1: No, we haven't. And I, and I think it's important for, for people to realize, you know, sometimes you think you're diversified because you own, you know, 10 different mutual funds or, right, you know, right. 20 different ETFs or what have you. But if everything goes up at the same time and goes down at the same time, you're not really diversified, are you? So right. I mean, to us in this kind of period with higher interest rates, potentially for a while you need to really be more selective, look at some sort of uncorrelated type assets. You know, I'll use the term broadly, alternative assets, you know, focus on some risk management. You know, We talk a lot about kind of a core and satellite approach right. where you have these kind of right. core buy and hold type holdings, uh, You know, right. companies that you really believe in. And then these satellite opportunities that have unique, whether it be growth or cyclical opportunities and so forth. So those are some of the areas that we've been trying to focus on in this changing environment and we're continuing to see you know both opportunities and risks out there and we think that's the environment we're going to be in for a while to you know you can't avoid every little risk you know that's just not realistic but try to avoid some of the bigger ones and credit take advantage of things for some of those opportunities absolutely
0: you you, you I think you said it best and I think that's probably a good note to end on there is is just simply that we're in a new world we're in an environment but look there's still opportunities okay and don't use recency bias, meaning don't think about, well, this is what had happened over the last 10 years. Why isn't it happening again going forward? Why isn't everything just going up? and I just need to own some stuff and and you know get back to what I'm doing Because we're not in that in that world anymore. And again, we, we do think the market is likely going to be in a sidebound, little bit of volatility, excuse me, volatility in a range for a bit. and, and so that's that's just where we are right now. And until that changes, we are going to manage accordingly. All right. So um, let's go ahead and close this out. I think we're getting near our 20 minute mark. We like to keep these things short and sweet. Um, But Greg, what do you have for us uh, here uh, uh, as your closing recommendation?
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things, Brian, I I know you're not big on on pumpkin, but for the rest of the world, you know, if you go to Trader (laughs) Joe's. Half the store this time of year is pumpkin related. So you just walk in, you're like, just grab one thing, put it in the cart, grab the next thing, put it in the cart and figure out what's best. Well, recently we, we purchased some pumpkin brioche and my wife Faith made some French toast with that. Now, let me tell you, you you might want to try this even without a, not being a pumpkin guy. You put some blueberries on, some good maple syrup, pumpkin brioche, French toast. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that dinner, breakfast, both doesn't matter. So it's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Um, but from the investment side, yeah, you know, I, I did want to have one comment to tie in with what we were talking about. You know, I think it's really important. You know, of course, you could argue this is always important, but right now in this environment, know what you own, and I don't just mean you know a stock or a mutual fund. You know, it might be a real estate that you own. It might be a CD at some bank, some old bond you have floating around, some I don't know, little pension you have at a long lost employer. Kind of know what you own because in a higher interest rate environment you know there's some positives from that but there's also some negatives and some of those lower quality companies businesses that kind of skated by in the in the low interest rate world might not be able to do so in this type of environment so right. it's more important than ever to know what you own quality
0: that's a good that's a good word that's a good word um all right so my two recommendations uh one is um you know look i'm probably the only guy on the planet that's not a pumpkin guy so Y'all enjoy it. Uh, I'll uh, I'll just be wearing my sweaters and enjoying the fall here. But one thing that I've really uh, gotten into recently um, is, you know, I, I, I'm a voracious listener of music, uh, except country music. I'm not a country music fan, but I listen to just about everything else. And I'm a big Spotify guy and I make all these playlists and I listen to all these different songs and I create all these different playlists and things like that. And I and you know me, I, I I try to watch a lot of documentaries, and there is this series called Classic Albums, and mm-hmm. it shows you it's these documentaries done on how actual albums were made for for certain bands. There's a great one on Steely Dan's album Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just watched one recently, uh, Peter Gabriel's album So, in the mm-hmm. in the mid '80s. Uh, there's a really good one on U2's album Joshua Tree. In terms of they bring everyone together and they talk about how they made that album. And it really got me to this place. I'm like, I don't listen to albums anymore. Remember, remember when right. remember Greg when yeah. we'd listen to an album? And this is before CD, right? You right. would put the tape in or the record or whatever, and you listen to one side and then you could flip yeah. it. Oh yeah. And then you have yeah. to listen to the other side. And oh, then yeah. there were some sides you would like better than the others. Remember? And there was, I mean, like, but watching this, it just it 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 just brought me back to a place of like like there's a lot of thought that went into like what song goes first and second, like when they made these albums and, um, and that's just not the case anymore. They just, you know, throw a list out there, whatever playlist, or now they just release singles all the time. Um, but nobody really gets together and makes an amazing album. And I know that, I know Greg, you've got some albums that like when you grew up and like, you remember, like I used to, there's certain albums I put like, the Outfield Play Deep, that album, I must have played that thing again and again and again and again. So I just was going to say, you know, if you can't, it, it, you know, for those of us listening to this podcast, which are going to be most people in our generation, um, listen to some albums again, you know, listen to the you I know can... the whole thing and, yeah. um, and go through it. I just think, I think it's a, it's a good exercise. And unfortunately our young people will never know what that, what that was right. like. yeah. And then lastly, investment wise, I'm just going to say, don't reach in a difficult environment. We, we've been saying this whole time, this is a difficult environment we're in right now. We're probably going to be range bound. Now's not the time you go, oh man, I just need to find that better stock, or I just need to find that better thing and reach for it. Because somehow that's just going to defile the odds and go to the moon. And you're going to make a lot of money on it. This right. is not typically not the environment. You want to do that and so just to be very very careful and i'm going to emphasize what greg said know what you own know the environment that we're in and and just and know that and don't reach uh in terms of something in terms of where we're at right now but with that being said we'll go ahead and wrap it up there i think we may have gone over a little bit 20 minutes today but um it's all good stuff appreciate you listening as always You can call us here. You can email us, ping us, whatever you need to do. If you have any questions about anything we said, by all means, reach out. And thank you so much for your time today. Have a great day.